0: Hello, and welcome to Our Hidden Stories. I'm your host, Sharice Johnson. If we're honest, most of us live life through a social media highlight reel, only sharing parts of who we are with those around us. Well, today is an opportunity to not only listen, but to get out of the game of hide and seek we often play with ourselves. So sit back, get comfortable, and let's dive into today's episode, because remember, There are always layers of hidden stories waiting to be told. 2020 has been unpredictable, to say the least. And if you know me even a little well, you also know that in some ways I can be a little unpredictable myself. So... In the spirit of 2020 and who I am as an individual, I wanna go off the beaten path, the framework that we've been taking and share a story of my own. I'm not quite sure where this story is going to go. It's a very vulnerable story for me and sometimes if I'm honest, hard to tell. But if you're interested, sit back and join me for the journey. I will never forget September 11th, not because of the Twin Towers, but I vividly remember being nine months pregnant with my son, RJ. I was a school teacher in Frederick, Maryland, just a few minutes outside of Camp David area, maybe 30 to 45 minutes away from DC. I was a fourth grade teacher and had just finished the literal most exhausting day I ever had. My room was filled with extremely anxious and tearful children who were terrified their parents working at the Pentagon would not make it out. I remember coming home and seeing my beautiful baby girl, Cece, who at the time would have been almost 20 months old, and my mother, Dottie. She was laying on the bed battling her eighth year with cancer and she lay there frail, And lifeless almost. Yet regardless of what she went through, one thing that never faded, that ever looked frail, was her smile. It never seemed to dim. And I remember my mother Dottie saying, You know, honey, today people lost their lives and they had no idea it was going to be their last moment. But I'm thankful that even though I don't know the time or hour... My time on earth is coming to an end and I'm not afraid. I've done the best I can with the time I've been given. Little did I know only a few days later she would enter the hospital and she would never come out. But her story is so much bigger than how it ended. Dottie was the most amazing person. She was the kind of person that you would tell something that you really didn't want to tell. You kind of wanted to keep it hidden to yourself, but you knew she would love you anyway. And you knew she would call you out and tell you the truth in a good way. She was the kind of person that taught my siblings and I growing up how important it was to love. To never, ever judge people by the way they looked And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the love that I believe I have for people is completely an extension of who she is and what she taught me. Ultimately, she died of lung cancer that metastasized from colon cancer. Today is the anniversary of her death. And if you're wondering, does it get easier The answer is no. She was initially diagnosed at age 45 with stage 4 cancer. So a few weeks ago when Chadwick Boseman passed away from colon cancer at the age of 43, I was not prepared for the flood of emotions that were more familiar than I ever expected. It hit so close to home to see another life gone way too soon but again Dottie's story is not about the ending moment it was about her ability to love to overcome to choose to be joyful I can't even imagine going through eight years of off and on chemo and life before that oh the stories that I could tell of our life growing up and all of the hardships that she endured. But one thing that I can say is she always remained full of hope and faith. For her, faith was invaluable, it was her strength. God was her anchor. I remember towards the end of her life when she started to be too weak to stand. And she knew when we went to church on Sundays that she wouldn't be able to sway and clap and sing. She asked someone to create a banner for her so that she could hold it up and that even if she couldn't move, people would still know, regardless of what was happening on the outside, that her soul was still intact. Sometimes I wonder if I had a banner, what would it say? Would I really want people to know what's going on inside? And would it tell a different story than the one that I let other people see? Despite what people saw on the outside, my mom was a helper. And I say despite because everybody saw something different depending upon their Liz. She created a ministry that allowed her to support people grow and meet their daily needs. And she was big on saying, give them a hand up and not just a handout. Teach people how to be better for themselves and have opportunities that could change and shift their lives. It's so funny when I think about who I am now and how my time is filled. I'm the youngest. You might say I'm a brat. I won't own it, but my my older siblings would. I remember seeing her doing all of the things and I used to think, mom, do you not have anything better to do with your time? You're putting all of this energy into people and you could just be doing other things with your life. Does it really take so much? And Dottie would say, Sharice, it absolutely takes this much. But always remember, loving people should never feel like a sacrifice. There's nothing more important than the legacy of how you treat other people. Wow. And was that ever evident during her funeral? So many people attended her funeral that they had to stop letting people in because it was a fire hazard. I was blown away. Of course, in many ways, that moment was a blur. See, the crazy thing is, when my mom was in her last hours of life, we were on the same floor of the hospital. Remember, I was pregnant with RJ. Nine months and a few days, to be exact, he did not want to come out. He was hanging tight. And so it was time for me to be induced. And with the way the hospital was set up, I was in room 414 and my mom was in room 441. I don't even know if I have adequate words for explaining what it's like to birth a beautiful baby boy. And then shortly later, have your father come in and say that your mom passed away in her sleep. I will say that in between the moment of giving birth and her passing away, I was able to get up and I got RJ, even though they recommended that I not, and I took him into her room. She miraculously was able to become coherent after being on morphine for hours due to the pain. And I remember looking at her in the eyes and holding her hand and feeling the warmth one more time and saying, mom, he's here. He's beautiful and he's perfect. And I'm okay, you can let go. She passed away peacefully in her sleep. And again, there's nothing that will heal the challenge of growing up without a mother. I don't even know how to explain it. There'll be some of you who listen to this and you understand because maybe you've lost a mother or a father, but at the time I was 25, newly married, two beautiful children, under two, and I walked out of the hospital and into preparing and planning the funeral for my absolute best friend, I remember when I was younger, I would say, Mommy, when you're not on the earth anymore, I don't wanna be here. And yet, still I am. And yet there are moments where I still wish we could be together. She is always in the back of my mind. She is such a big part of my motivation. And even in the moments that I'm not thinking about her, I wonder what she would think of the kids. I definitely know they would be even more spoiled than they already are. Growing up as a young woman without a mom is challenging. There is no one to pick up the phone that hears the sound of your voice and just knows that something's not okay. There's no one to call when you're trying to figure out how to parent. And you wanna choke your children and then you go, but I probably need to ask, did they get what they're doing right now from me? It's a phone call that you're not able to make. But one thing I want to say is the purpose of this story is honestly not the pain, so don't get hung up there. It's not the sadness. Although there is definitely many moments of emptiness, it's just wanting to share a bit of who she is that makes me who I am. There are many ways that I feel both my mother and I were misunderstood. I also believe it's common of many women that what we show on the outside is very different than the story that's happening inside. That people have preconceived ideas and notions about whether or not we feel pain in terms of how people talk to us or how emotion is brought our way doesn't always land softly. And people think that we don't feel it. Sometimes people will say to me when I am being direct or honest oh you hurt my feelings or you should have done this or you should have done that very rarely do people step back and think about but what did I say or what did I do that pushed her to a place that she's showing me a side of herself that I don't usually see but you know what that's okay. My mom was criticized by some. Of course, I think she's amazing and perfect, and and she wasn't. But I will absolutely say that she was misunderstood in many ways. She was ridiculed for her passion and criticized for her unwavering fight for justice for the lives of other people. There were moments that she was openly or quietly accused sometimes privately from one ear to the next ear to the next voice but no matter what she still chose to love she still fully embraced and understood that in many ways that she was stereotyped as a black woman as a pastor's wife as a pastor's child all the various labors of what's acceptable and what's not you see there's this belief that because we come with a very direct or strong exterior that behind that softness and tenderness doesn't exist well i want you to know it does It's just often buried because it's not given the permission to come to the surface. Now, there are many ways that I diverge from my mom's personality. She was much more focused on what other people thought of her. I think a lot of this had to do with how she was brought up. And I came here saying, you know what? I don't really care what anyone thinks about me. This is who I'm going to be. And I'm so thankful that she always gave me the space to be that. But in many ways, I feel like the personality that she had to take on in order to honor the expectations of the people around her cost her a lot. It kept her in situations way longer than necessary. It caused her to hold on to pain that other people handed to her, and it wasn't hers to carry. Whereas I choose to do things very differently as people bring things my way. And perhaps that was from watching what she went through and deciding for myself that wouldn't be me. Essentially, my purpose in sharing Dottie's story with you is a reminder of letting people have the space to be who they are and get to know them beyond the exterior. We all possess a gentle and sensitive soul. Remember Dottie's love for people. Remember that her heart's desire was for people to have the help and support that they needed regardless of their race or gender or economic status. Dottie's life was about being in the moment, being that friend that was willing to be honest and truthful and yet still willing to do it in love. And most of all, Dottie used every moment as if it were her last. And although her life was way too short, she truly packed in so many amazing moments. So if you're listening to this story, my encouragement to you is to live live as big and as expansive as your heart desires stop living small I know that it's not as simple as it sounds but we can get so caught up in what we don't like about our life in the parts of our life that we wish were different that we can forget that our days are numbered and all we have is the very moment that we're in right now. Your legacy is in how you treat others and it's in how you treat yourself. In all you do, whatever it takes Live life fully with intention and with passion. I know that is what my mother taught me and I wouldn't have it any other way.